Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 54. It feels like so much has happened since we last caught up. Not least of all, the daily unfolding of heartbreaking suffering and struggle for freedom in Ukraine. I am very lucky to have once visited Kiev in the mid-2000s when I was working for a charity that supported orphans there as part of their work. It is an amazing city with an incredible history. War, wherever and whenever it comes, is always a tragedy. And it is horrific to see what is happening to the people of Ukraine. A more personal loss for me since the last episode is that my dear friend Pip died from cancer this week. She was an incredible woman with a passion for life that was insatiable and infectious. She was also a kind, generous and thoughtful friend. I will miss her deeply. And of course, since we last caught up, we have had the ending of all Covid restrictions here in England a topic which now starts to feel mundane in comparison to the context. But since we first bonded on this podcast over restrictions and vaccines and our experiences of this pandemic, then it feels wrong to miss this moment. So let's talk about it. The first thing to notice and remark is just how normal this moment feels. It was, for so long, unimaginable. And I know for many former shielders, it still feels that way. I know my experience is not the same as yours or others, but I have slightly surprised myself by how okay with so much of this next step I feel. Covid is far from over, and whilst the ending of restrictions brings with it a new set of challenges, It is a sign, I think, of how far we have come that this can feel quite so normal. So much of that distance we have come is thanks to vaccination. In the ups and downs of what followed the very first vaccine doses, in the cycles of hope and disappointment that followed, we have had to constantly reassess what an end to this pandemic will look like. We have had to look again at what protection vaccines give, personally and collectively, and what other protections may still be needed and what of the lessons we have learned still need work to keep with us. Returning briefly to Ukraine, it strikes me that the collective resolve and solidarity with the Ukrainian people that we're experiencing must, at least in part, be thanks to our experiences of living through two years, where we have been fundamentally challenged to remember our reliance on others. Reliance on our healthcare workers and those who keep our key services running. 
relying on others to keep their distance or stay home when sick or wear a mask. Reliance on others to take up a vaccine and get tested. These past two years have only served to shine a light on our collective responsibility to look after one another. And there is, I think, a danger in this moment for England to think that that was only because we had to. That it was only the fear of legal punishment that brought compliance. But I don't believe that's true. At least, not fully. Sure, laws are a sign of our collective commitment to stop or prevent certain actions. I've said it before, but I think it's worth repeating. We have fines for dropping litter. Not because a policeman sits on every park bench waiting for each dropped drink can or crisp packet. But because it says clean streets are better for all of us. And we hold the right to tell you off if you make the place around us worse for everybody else. I think a little of that mentality could go a long way to help shift our culture, particularly around mask wearing in public places and staying home when we are sick. These are things that haven't just helped stop the spread of COVID, but helped stop the spread of flu and other diseases too. Not to say we need masks in shops forever, all year round, or even that these things need to be legal requirements. But there are things like sick pay, the right to work from home, and even access to free high-quality masks where the government has a role to play in supporting us to do our bit to help make life healthier for everyone. If this pandemic has shown us any other thing besides our interconnectedness, It is the power of being informed. Testing, clinical trials, vaccine efficacy, case rates, rates of hospitalizations and deaths. This pandemic has never been short on data and it has helped us make better choices. If we are to move to a place of more personal responsibility, then governments have a role to play in helping us make good choices. That is why, This moment, at least for England, where testing is still free, feels slightly less scary than April, when free testing ends. Perhaps we will get there and it will feel very normal. I know I'm doing much less regular testing now and only testing if I feel a bit rough or if I'm going to see someone more vulnerable. But to have those tests taken away still feels a little odd. And if the rate at which most people I know are stockpiling free tests whilst they're available is anything to go by, then I'm not alone in thinking having to pay for access to tests feels like madness. And in fact, I'd like to see more home testing for more things. Isn't that something we've learned from this pandemic too? How willing people are to do things to keep themselves and others healthy. As part of my remission from ulcerative colitis, I've had at-home tests to do in the past. And there must surely be other home test kits we can have. Flu, HIV, other STIs. To tell the difference between stomach bugs and food poisoning. Why can't we be more informed about our health and not less? 
And why can't we be more informed about the levels of fresh air in a place and the levels of COVID and flu and other viruses in the population so we can make better choices about masks and distancing? With all that said, I'm no scientist or politician and I'm not making these choices for anyone else. And so we have to, I have to, in the end, make the best out of what we're given to work with. And I feel I can at least see a way through the legal restrictions ending. I don't love all of it, but I do feel I can make it work. It feels like this pandemic, especially the earlier stages, the focus was on protecting us from COVID. That meant huge changes to our lives and our freedoms. But the longer the pandemic has gone on and the greater protection we have had from vaccination and masks and testing, the more it feels like we need to shift back to protecting the other parts of our lives and our freedoms. I think of my friend Pip, and I feel so sad that the last year of her life was made all the harder by having to endure not just the intense and overwhelming treatments for cancer, but having to do that in the midst of a pandemic that kept people apart and made life harder for her and those around her. Her passing reminds me that life is short, often painfully and cruelly so. Pip's passion for life led her to find joy in the greatest places and people and experiences, and I recognise some of that hunger in myself. A hunger that is helping me to push past some of the anxieties and worries that come with this new, restriction-free future. Not to ignore them completely, but to see them as helpful. Helpful in motivating me to get my booster doses when they come and wear a mask when I can and test when needed. And then once they have done their job, letting them go and getting on with life. So no, the future is anything but normal. Anything but the same life we lived two years ago, but nor should it be. We have learnt too much, experienced too much, lost too much to just forget and reset but we can move forward with life however long or short it may turn out to be Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time. 